Molly King, are you ready for the podcast? Matt, you know the answer to that always, but can you just pass me some water, please? Water? I think you mean Evian. There's something special about how it comes from high up in those pristine mountains. I know Evian's the official water of Wimbledon, but I didn't know it was carbon neutral. It's been carbon neutral since 2020, and that bottle that you are holding right now, that's made of recycled plastic. Of course you've got all the facts. I love it. But should we crack on with the show? Evian's 750 millilitres and 1.5 litre bottles are made from 100% recycled plastic. This excludes the label and cap. Hello, I'm Matt Edmondson. And I'm Molly King. And you are listening to Between the Lines, an official podcast from Wimbledon in partnership with Evian that takes you behind the scenes at the All England Club to uncover what makes this tennis tournament so incredible. Well, we're off and running, aren't we? We are. Wimbledon 2022 is officially underway. But if you're just finding this podcast, firstly, lovely to have you here. Secondly, where have you been? We've been waiting for you to turn up, haven't we, Molly? Yes, we have. You're late to the party. If you missed our chats with tennis stars Emma Raducanu, Stan Vavrinka and Gordon Reed in our first few episodes, then check out those interviews. They're still there for you. And do give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts from so you do not miss a moment in future. So Matt and I are going to be with you throughout the whole of this wonderful tournament, chatting to celebrity guests who are basically all connected by a love of these great championships. But now listen, if you haven't yet sent in your memories of Centre Court, we would love to hear from you. As the most famous stage in tennis turns 100, we will be sharing loads of your favourite moments from there. Yeah, we've got loads already and you'll hear some of them in this episode, so stay tuned for that one, alongside much, much more. Yes, here we go then, Between the Lines at Wimbledon. Right, Molly and I are at the Evian Suite, and I'll tell you what, we are living like kings, Molly Kings. (laughs) Honestly, I'm having a wonderful time. I'm sat in the corner over here, surrounded by beautiful cushions, lovely foliage, and, and mole, pick and mix. How much of the pick and mix have I had? Oh, my goodness. I'm surprised there's any left. I am, too. Are you on a bit of a sugar high? Always. Yeah. I genuinely wonder at what point I could stop eating those pick and mix. If they, well, they are there all the time, and yeah. I've been here most of the day, and I haven't yet stopped. <laughs> and it's going to go on and on. I go pick and mix, a bit of delicious water, pick and mix, a bit more delicious water, back and forth, back and <laughs> forth. It does feel so good, though, doesn't it, for Wimbledon to be back. Obviously, the past couple of years with the pandemic, things have had to change. But I tell you what, it feels so busy here, just busy and bustling. And everybody just having such a wonderful time. I know, it's been great just hearing crowds of people milling around. And I never thought I'd say this, but I'm delighted to see a queue. I know. The famous queue is back. <laughs> Henman Hill, or Radicani Rise, as we have christened it now, it is packed out there, and there is a real joy in the air. Uh, obviously, out amongst the whole of Wimbledon, people popping into courts where maybe some of the less famous players are, people on centre court uh, watching some of the biggest names in tennis today, and all the guests here at the Evian Suite. There's just a real sense that everyone's buzzing, right? Yeah, totally. So I was lucky enough earlier to see Emma Raducanu play, yes, and to see Novak Djokovic. <gasps> I tell you what, you know, obviously we were in centre court yes. the other day. When you're in there with a packed out crowd, my goodness, it feels special, like unbelievable. It was so exciting to be in there. And just that feeling of, you know, you're not really allowed to talk when they're playing. It's very serious, obviously. But then hearing the crowd roar when someone scores a point, unbelievable. The sad news, I guess, is that it's made me realise that there is quite a lot of improvement to do of my own game. Really? I, I, I know you didn't think I was going to say that. I know, obviously. it's a rare moment of humility from you. 
<laughs> Honestly, both of us, you know that we think that, you know, we'd give it a go. Exactly. If they said, look, if someone's got a leg card, injury. Yeah. Is, does anyone, like when they're on a flight, when they're like, is there a doctor on board? Totally. If said, is there anyone that could play this match? I'd stick my hand, hand up. go straight yeah. up. She's brought her own racket. She's ready. <laughs> Well, listen, well done. It's good to throw your hat into the ring on these things sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> Look, there's a little uh, Instagram corner to my right here with bright colours, mm. dedicated, obviously, to Evian's new sparkling water. Which you, by the way, you're going to get charged for this. I don't know how it works here. If it's anything like a hotel minibar, you've got quite a bill racking up. <laughs> I know, I do, right? Leave some for everyone else. You're going to have to slap the stuff out of your hands soon. I know. And there's even a table tennis tournament. Now, Matt, I thought you and I could possibly have a game later. I would be so up for that. I Good. would like that. I, um, Good. Again, we're very competitive, aren't we? Mm. I do feel like I would... Uh, I think we'd draw a crowd, you know. People would be like, what's going on up in the Evian suite? Two titans of table tennis. Why centre court empty? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, they've all had it up there. Yeah. It's break point. I might even take my heels off for it. Well, good. Depending on how good you are. Well, listen, enough of us two nattering about nonsense. We need to get some tennis at some point. And thankfully, later on in the podcast, we have got our tennis expert, Charlie Eccleshare, who will be Eccleshareing everything that's gone on on the first day of Wimbledon. Still going with that? Yes. Yes, okay. We'll also be finding out how our Wimbledon sweepstakes have got on. Have you been worrying about your picks? Not really, no. Can you remember their names even? Stop it. <laughs> Thank goodness for Charlie Eccleshare. Please, though, do get in touch. If you want to contact us, we are at Wimbledon or at Evian Water. Or you can use the hashtag CentreCourt100. Do you know what? I will. But first, it's time to welcome our next guest to the podcast. She's a writer, a journalist, a podcaster and aware of an extremely excellent cardigan, more of which you'll find out about now. It's Gemma Styles. Gemma, firstly, it's so lovely to see you. Thank you for joining us on Wimbledon Between the Lines. Now, first question of the day, obviously the biggest question of the day. Mm-hmm. Evian, do you want it still or sparkling? Still, please. I'd oh. have guessed that. I would have guessed you're that. Do I team. seem like a still water person? No, but you're, a, you, you're my kind of person. Okay. I, I like well, the still. That's a, that's a nice Mom reason. likes the sparkling, yeah. <laughs> um, you've been here all day, Gemma. I have. Uh, tell me the highlights. What have you had to eat? Well, the food here has been great. It's, I, it's, I've been very much enjoying the fact that people are doing lots more vegetarian vegan options now as yes. a vegetarian it's making my life so much more easy and delicious so what was the vegetarian option day. here I'm curious I've had oh I had some great arancini earlier that was oh, delicious yeah. and then I mean to be honest I have eaten a lot of desserts today but I've really has been pudding everywhere all of there? the strawberry themed desserts yeah have entered my body it's been great <laughs> it's one of the highlights of Wimbledon I'd say I, I would think so I've yeah. got strawberries on my cardigan today I've gone on theme oh. I knew what I was going to be eating I am ready yeah, yeah. Did, did you have it in mind that it was Wimbledon therefore strawberries on the cardigan or is that just a, a sort of beautiful bit of synergy that's occurred I did I rented my cardigan I was looking for something that I wanted to wear today and I saw a cardigan with strawberries on it and I thought hot dang that's what I want to wear to Wimbledon yeah I love that you rented it because you're really into sustainability aren't you mm, yeah I try well I gotta say Gemma everyone has been talking about how fab your cardigan is and it really does fit in well with the dress code here at the Evian suite it's been really nice today actually I mean I like a bit of a people watch in general but yeah being in the suite today especially because I try and be quite eco-conscious in what I wear and what I buy anyway knowing that there's an eco-conscious dress code has made the people watching all the more enjoyable I've been looking around what everyone's wearing and you know seeing some people have rented their clothes some people are wearing older clothes or re-wearing things that they've worn before wearing sustainable designers and I think yeah it really 
has tied the whole day together. And yeah, as someone who is interested in sustainability anyway, knowing that you come here and they've got rid of red meat and there's more vegetarian options and vegan options and people are dressing consciously and traveling in electric vehicles to get here and there's a lot of recycling points around the grounds and it's just it's a really nice thread that runs through the day and for me makes the whole thing just feel more cheerful because that's stuff that I try and do anyway and yeah knowing that it's woven into the event is delightful yeah they've done a good job here this whole suite is carbon neutral so this is obviously a lovely thing to be packing into your summer have you Mm -hmm. got any other fun events that you're doing or have done um have well last night I was at um Eagles in Hyde Park for British Summertime. Amazing. Nice. So How I feel like over a couple of days, I'm really, really enjoying my summer. It's been really <laughs> yeah. great. And then, I, yeah, I was primed and ready for today. The last uh, last song of the set last night, Eagles brought out John McEnroe. No. Wimbledon starts oh tomorrow. Here's McEnroe coming out for the last song of the night on his guitar, strumming away. And I was well, like, okay, I'm ready for tomorrow now. Yeah. Oh my God. Did he it smash the guitar again like a tennis racket? Oh, thank goodness, no. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would have been iconic. Staging a 50-year-old <laughs> yeah. rock, rock band by smashing a guitar. <laughs> Uh, now, now you're going to like this. You're going to like this, guys. You're going to like this. Go on. It better be good, this one. Yeah, I mean, you've given it a build-up. <laughs> you're drinking Evian in the Evian suite. Did you know, I'm sure you did, that Evian comes from a natural source high in the Alps? I don't have to tell you that. You guys are women of the world. You know this information already. We've been around the block. We exactly. Know. <laughs> but what I want to know, bear with me on this. Go on. Is what is the source of your inspiration? I took a long Ooh. route to get there. He's proud of that question. Back, yeah. But I got there. Today? In life? What are we talking? I would say let's go micro then macro. Okay. So let's go today. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reuse my story about my inspirational strawberry cardigan. That's my inspiration today for okay. the, the outfit yeah. job. And let's go macro now. Let's go big time. Big question, that, isn't it? What's the source of your inspiration? Mm. That's why I asked it. Well, do you know what? Very conveniently, I'm looking at a lovely piece of wall art right now here on the sweet terrace that says... The power of togetherness is what keeps us alive. Let's celebrate that. And I think I'm going to use that as my inspiration. I think you should. <laughs> for this, for this You're right. <laughs> togetherness, kindness, learning, all of the good things. You, yeah. You'd have gotten away with not saying that was on a poster behind you because Mon and I are facing away from it. We would have just thought, my goodness me, she's so profound. We would, yeah. She's we would never have known. With a quote like that. <laughs> Honesty, there's another thing there I you enjoy. Go. Now, <laughs> now Obviously, we're here at Wimbledon. What is it that you love so much about Wimbledon? What makes it special to you? Do you know what? I'm not even a year-round tennis watcher. There is just something about Wimbledon. I think. I mean, I have lived in London for nearly 10 years now, and I think Wimbledon's just one of those things that feels very British in a good way, very London. Lots of people sat outside, and it's summer, or, I mean... There was a thunderstorm earlier today. People are outside in the rain and everyone's still happy just to be out doing things. It just feels like one of those really nice communal cultural events that I really enjoy. You guys were on centre court when it started to rain. Did they Mm. bring the roof over? Luckily, the roof was on. Oh, it was on already? Yeah, it was on already. There was a tiny little shower earlier in the morning, so the roof was already on. And then... Yeah, we were kind of the the rumbling of thunder you could hear through yes. the roof, and then realised it was absolutely pouring with rain. But that just made it all the nicer because then just before Emma Raducanu's match, they opened the roof and the sun came pouring in, and it was yeah, it was, it was a good afternoon. It was beautiful. It did make us really actually appreciate the roof, didn't it? 
definitely. Yeah, my sister actually told me a fun story today. So she worked here um, for a couple of years when she was at school at the did same she? time. Yeah, she what did. What was she doing? She was um, like serving food. Oh, great. And she overheard one of the lessons of, if it starts raining, get the covers on quick. Of course. Right? Now, there's no time to dilly-dally here. If there's even one droplet of rain, you're going. Mm. And she overheard somebody say, but what do I do if I'm running? Because there's obviously loads of you carrying it at the same time. What do I do if I, if I fall over whilst we're running? And they say, get down, stay down. <gasps> Nobody stop. So imagine. Oh my God. You get buried alive. <laughs> you fall, smack to the ground, you have to stay t- entombed <laughs> on, no. on Santa Claus. And you wriggle your way out. Oh my gosh. This might need fact checking. What? Like, like a butterfly <laughs> wriggling out you of wriggle it? Wriggle your way out because they cannot hold the game up. Wow. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like no that forward. would hold the game up. Yeah. We can't take the cover off. Someone's wriggling out. Someone's squeezed them somewhere. <laughs> and you, you'd have no sense of bearings under there either, would you? Definitely worth checking whether this is true. <laughs> I feel like I would have seen that happen. Right, let's all go and try and find a clip oh. after. Because you know you want to see it happen. You want to see yeah. someone go... Bam. And the thing keeps going over yeah. them. I would have and been happy just to see out. them put the cover on, let alone yeah. see someone entombed <laughs> underneath it. I mean, guys, tell me. You slide your way out. Don't worry, you're not under there for the whole... No, no, you wriggle your way yeah. out. Good. Now, Gemma, are you anything like me? When I'm out there, I'm a, such a people watcher. I love watching people. And of course, my eyes are drawn to the royal box a little bit. I like to see if I can spot anyone in there. If you were in the royal box, who would be your dream guest? It can be anybody. It doesn't have to be royalty, anybody at all. Oh, dream guest. Mm. Someone to hang out and watch tennis with. Oh, is it really boring that I'm just thinking of my family and friends? <laughs> well, that's, nice. that's, that's, that's who nice. I actually want to hang out and do that's things with. Well, yes, this is lovely. the thing, you know, when you see, you know, lots of famous people, they're, they're used to go into these things in the Royal Box. I want to hang out with, you know, people who don't usually get to watch tennis in the Royal Box. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Nice. As a kid, did you watch Wimbledon? Did you do any kind of tennis? No, I didn't really do a lot of tennis I was quite scared of playing tennis from the very few times that I did it at school I remember because the ball goes so fast and Mm. if anyone is going to get hit in the face while playing sports it is I (laughs) (laughs) has happened on many occasions Um, yeah I was a little little bit of a fraidy cat for tennis to be honest but I've like I've enjoyed watching it I used to play a little bit more badminton with my dad because he used to play badminton when he was younger so I like a racket sport, yeah. but I'm just not coordinated enough to not get mortally injured during tennis. Yeah. yeah. What's forgiving about badminton is that the shuttlecock, you can hit it as hard as you want, but it still takes quite a long time mm, to come down. Yeah. You can get a lot of aggression out on a shuttlecock, and Lord knows I have. <laughs> Matt, for a long time now, has been um, challenging me, I'd say, to a badminton game. He's quite okay. frustrated that COVID got in the way of that, and I'm I was sure. quite relieved. Um, but since life has been back to normal, my goodness me, the amount of times this man has mentioned a badminton game well, to me. Well, he was so keen. She was so keen to play originally. <laughs> and then now, 
you just whenever I say, "Oh, should we do it?" There's always an excuse. Oh, I'm busy that day. Oh, I'm pregnant now. There's always an excuse. Oh, classic Molly. There's always an she excuse. doesn't want to play ping pong. She doesn't want to play badminton. Oh, that's ridiculous. Listen, I'm up for it, just not against him, all right? Yes, yeah, because you know you lose. <laughs> Gemma, I invited you for a lovely game. Exactly. I'm not I don't, he's very, yeah. very offended oh, no. that you've instantly asked me to play ping pong and you he's won't like, play I badminton. I've been asking you for months. <laughs> Drink more of what makes you sparkle. Try Evian's new sparkling water, fresh from the Alps with light, fine added bubbles. Discover Evian's sparkling water. Who needs bubbles when you can have sparkles? The cheers you can hear there, are they for Emma Raducanu or are they for this Evian bottle? Uh, You can see it's been ushered out right now on a beautiful gold cushion and Gemma has been popped in front of you. Now this is no ordinary Evian bottle. It's got a bit of paper that's been shoved in there Great. by Gordon Reed. He's an amazing man. He's a wheelchair tennis champion. He's won Wimbledon. He's the number two wheelchair tennis player in the world. We had a lovely chat with him yeah. and we asked him for an inspirational message. And we've been doing that with all of our guests and we'll ask the same of you. So you'll take his out. We'll find out what it was. We'll read it. We'll enjoy it. And then you can write something inspirational yourself to hand on to the next person, whoever they may be. Gotcha. So shall we have a look at what he wrote for you? Let's. Yes. Okay. So what has Gordon said? Can you please read it to us? And remember, this is inspirational. So please go inspirational on the reading. Gordon Reed has offered a Wayne Gretzky quote, which says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yes, that's from ice hockey legend, yes, Wayne Gretzky. It reminds me of another famous quote, you only get one shot, so make it count, JLS. (laughs) It's it's similar, it's It's similar. It's very similar. It's very similar, (laughs) same meaning. That's good, that That is inspirational. That is very good. I think that's good advice. One of the things we've been speaking to a couple of the players about uh, Gordon Reed, who you heard the message from earlier, and Stan Wawrinka, is uh, is the sort of mental resilience needed to play tennis. And whenever mm. I watch it, I always think, my goodness me, how do these people do what they're doing? Because yeah. it's not like a team game, it's them out there. And I'm fascinated by the, I guess, the internal monologue that they must have to try and keep themselves up, even when things aren't going their way. And one of the things that I admire about you is your openness around your own mental health. You've spoken about anxiety and depression. I also suffer from anxiety and have suffered from depression. So it's really great when people come forward and talk about it and and make it a thing that doesn't feel like the stuff you might worry it might feel like Mm. attached to shame or, oh God, what are people going to think of me? How important do you feel it is for you to get that message out, to talk about your own mental health? Yeah, I mean, I think... As much as there will be some people always who think we talk too much about mental health now, I just don't think that's the case and I don't think it will ever be too much in all honesty. I think, I mean, even thinking about tennis, I feel like there's a lot of high profile people. I mean, even Emma Raducanu, who's on today, and people like Naomi Osaka, who talk very publicly about mental health. And that is something that now, I think around tennis is spoken about a lot more. And it is really powerful because I think it's easy to forget that if you're in the kind of space where you're quite used to talking about mental health, you forget that there are other people who that isn't the case for at all. Yeah. And I think we are getting better at talking about mental health in general and especially with things like anxiety and depression, they're a little bit more 
normalized now, I would say. But I think when you watch it unfold kind of in the realm of sport, if you like, it's a good reminder that just because we're saying, you know, awareness of anxiety, I think what we're maybe not as good at doing yet is looking at the consequences of the anxiety and how that actually affects people's lives and kind of not even making allowances, but just having a bit more understanding for how people are actually physically and at work and all the other ways that people are affected by things. So I think when you look at tennis, for example, and you can see how clearly someone's game and someone's sport and someone's livelihood and career is affected by their mental health and they're willing to talk about it, I, th- I think that's amazing. And I mean, that's, mm. yeah, that, I think talking about mental health is always a powerful conversation and that's what I hope to add you know a drop to the bucket of totally well you are massively doing that you have your own podcast don't you called good influence I do and I know that mental health is something that you speak about quite a lot on there is there anything that a guest has said whilst being on with you that's really stuck with you or anything that really stands out for you since starting the podcast you think god that's such an amazing takeaway that's something that's really going to stick with me yeah, there were. so the first episode of this season I did with Grace Victory and we were talking about self-care and she said something, I'm going to have to bleep myself for this, but we were, we were talking and she kind of prompted a conversation around when you're thinking about self-care, apart from all the things that, you know, you add in and people say, you know, do this to make yourself feel happy and do this to make yourself, you know, to look after yourself. And she was talking about making a list of all the things that you do that you know make you feel rubbish, Mm -hmm. but you keep doing them anyway. And that really stuck in my head as the kind of, you know, usually we are talking about very, you know, add this because it's positive. And that, you know, maybe sounds a little bit more negative, but to me, it really stuck in my mind. And when there's things like, I don't know, just day-to-day things since we recorded that, like, I know I should go to bed because I'm tired, but I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered to move. I'll stay up for another 20 minutes. I think what are you doing that makes you feel terrible and you'll keep doing it anyway? And I'm like, no, go to bed, (laughs) put myself to bed like a toddler and feel better for it the next day. Yeah, that's quite a good good filter to run your own behaviour through, isn't it? I thought so. Yeah. Simple, effective. I relate to the bedtime one so much Mm. where I think I'm so so tired and I know I could just go to bed, but there's like a, a little voice that says, oh, you know, you could just spend another 10 minutes scrolling on your phone or staying up or hanging out with a dog or whatever. It's so important that actually, because I think like when you've just said that there, I can immediately think of at least three or four things that make me feel like, oh, that thing makes me feel low or it makes me feel very anxious. All of them involve me. (laughs) (laughs) But actually most of the time you sort of don't make those changes. Yeah. And exactly like you said, it is about kind of being kind to yourself and actually going, do you know what, those are the things. And I need to make some adjustments here because I can easily pinpoint them. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes, you know, sometimes being kind to yourself isn't, you know, saying I'll have another biscuit or I'll have a bath or, you know, something nice. Sometimes being kind to yourself is saying you keep doing this and it's really bad for you and you need to stop doing it. Sometimes it's, yeah, parenting ourselves a tiny bit. Yeah, I think you were quite good at that. You you take little breaks from social media sometimes, don't you? I do, yeah. I I definitely suffer with anxiety and I've Mm. noticed that things like social media can definitely play into that. Yeah. So um, I do try and take breaks and um, just talk to like my friends and family whenever I'm feeling it. But um, it's just so powerful what you're doing, I think, speaking about it so openly and it definitely helps people like myself and Matt who... 
Definitely. you know we do both have anxiety a lot of the time and it just makes us feel like okay this is okay and lots of people are going through this people like yourself who we admire it's really powerful what you're doing so you know oh, thank you, thank really you for us that. and so many people for what you're doing thank you that's so kind that's quite all right it's been an absolute delight talking to you. Um, in a way, I could do it all day, but I know. you've got tennis to go and watch. We are do. You, are you going to go and watch a bit of Andy Murray now? I am, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Third match of the day I'm going to watch. I am making the most. I'm ringing all the Wimbledon art this day that I can. Yeah, good, you've got <laughs> good. to. Good, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Gemma, we have got some quick-fire questions for you. Don't think too much about it. Okay. Go with the flow. Okay. First thing that comes into your mind. Go with the flow, much like the water trickling out of those outs. Oh, is it still or is it sparkling? Well, it Pro. comes out still, I think. <laughs> I think it, it has to go through some sort of carbonation process to go sparkling. Don't ask me. I'm not a water scientist, but whoever is is doing a really great job on it. Now, we've got 100 seconds on the clock, representing the fact that Centre Court has turned 100 this year. Yeah. So we just thought 100... this through, Gemma. We've really have. logic to it. OK. On your marks, get set. Here we go. Mountains or beach? Mountains. Henman Hill or Murray Mound? Henman Hill. Who would you like to play tennis against? Matt Edmonton. <laughs> it's a date. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No, hell no. Ice cold or room temperature water? Room temperature. Walk, cycle or drive? Walk. Who is the last person you messaged? My boyfriend. What is your signature dish? Risotto. If you were a tennis player, who would you be? Emma Raducanu. Yes. Cat or dog? Cat. Wrong. <laughs> One way you're trying to reduce your carbon footprint. Um, I'm already vegetarian, but I'm trying to eat less dairy. Mm. Who would you like to be stuck in a lift with? David Attenborough. Uh, summer or winter? Summer. If you weren't a writer, what would you have been? A teacher. Favourite day of the week? Oh. <laughs> Tuesday? <laughs> For very, no reason. I'm staring at you. Come on, oh, you should have said Saturday. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, strawberries and cream or fish and chips? Strawberries and cream. What's your nickname? Gem. Night in or night out? Night in. One thing we don't know about Gemma Styles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, I'm an open book. <laughs> Matt or Molly? Molly? Yeah! That's the right answer. You get an extra 100 points for that. And I think we can yes, attend to those. Ooh, it's oh. going to get to a point where everyone says that and I'm going to... That is going to affect my mental health. <laughs> At the end of this podcast, it's going to be a broken so We're going to play tennis, but Molly's my favourite. That's true. Yeah, there you go. That's true. thank you, Gemma. That. That's going to stick with me. Now, Gemma, before we let you go, I know how keen you are to see Andy Murray, but we do need an inspirational quote from you to okay. put in the bottle. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, you know I what you're going to so. write? Okay, let's the pen hand is over there. the pen the and paper. The bottle is there. I'm going to put my mic down. Okay. It's, um, as you would imagine, it's actually an old quill, isn't it? It's a sort of feather quill. <laughs> Gemma's dipped it into the pot of ink. She's just wiping the back of the excess ink on the butler's glove, and that's fine. <laughs> and now she's popping the message down on the parchment. Gemma's now gracefully okay. stuffing the paper into the bottle. There it goes. Gemma, thank you so much. It's been such a joy to chat with you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. How lovely was it to catch up with Gemma? Oh, she's so lovely, isn't she? She's great. A fabulous guest, only outdone by her own cardigan. And she won't mind me saying that. It was an incredible... <laughs> 
cardigan. Seriously, go and look at her Instagram. It's amazing. Now, Matt, I mentioned that I've been lucky enough to sit on Centre Court Did today. Did you? You barely brought us <laughs> up. But what else has been happening in the championships today? If only we knew a man who could not only share... But could... Echo share some information with us. Thank goodness we do. Charlie is back joining us. Charlie, last night, could you not get to sleep? Did you stay up thinking, when's he going to come? When's he going to come? <laughs> Andy Murray is thinking about here for the first day of tennis today. Is it like your Christmas day? It is a bit, yeah. There is that huge excitement. Yeah, just waiting for it all to start. And then you come through the gates for the first time. I mean, obviously, we'd been here for the couple of days before, but still... Championships first day is always amazing. And what do you think it's like for the players? Do you think at this point they're just thinking, right, I just want to get through here? Get out, yeah, get the first round out of the way. Yes. Especially if you're a big name, you do not want to lose in the first round. It's a real kind of thing, I think, that haunts you. So, yeah, just get through. Often the players say that the first round's the hardest because you might be a bit rusty, you might not have played a whole lot on grass, conditions here are different from anywhere, so you just want to get through it. Are there any historically really bad days where people have come on day one and everyone's thought, oh, well, they're a shoe-in for the final or for the semis or uh, to at least progress to some further point of the competition and they've had a shocker? Yeah, there have been a few that kind of are always thought about. I mean, Steffi Graf came in in 94. She'd won five of the previous six Wimbledons and lost to Laurie McNeil. No one thought that was going to happen. Rafa Nadal, it happened to here in 2013, lost to Steve Darcis in the first round. Uh, and Martina Hingis, in 1999, she'd won it in 97, semi-finalist the year before, just got to the French Open final. One of the best players in the world came in and lost 6-2, 6-love against Yelena Dokic. Oh, Gosh. my goodness. That is a bad day at the office. That is a bad day at the office. I'll tell you what, though, no problems for the reigning champ, Novak Djokovic. Yep. He's done pretty well, hasn't he? Yeah, and that's in particular, if you're the defending champion and you open proceedings on centre court, which is this great tradition, you really, really don't want to lose there. I mean, yeah. that, that is, uh, yeah, just something you're desperate to avoid. And he came through. Tough match, though. I mean, I think me and... 99% of others watching that thought Djokovic will steamroll of this straight sets but Sumon Kwon who he played from South Korea was fantastic really made a match of it and Djokovic lost a set but came through in four so humid I mean you were there on centre court and that match was under the roof yeah. and that, when it's under the roof it's like stepping into a botanical garden I kept thinking how are they doing it in this heat yeah, it was... obviously they're professionals and they are <laughs> used to the heat but even so oh my god and like you said I couldn't believe it. I kind of expected the fact that Djokovic is the reigning champ I thought it was going to be easy it's going be done in three sets here but yeah Quan put up such a good fight didn't he and the crowd was so with him yeah. like you know they wanted a match and yes. yeah it was great people love an underdog as well don't they yes they do it's a good story that isn't it and what else has caught your eye well there were some good results for the Brits including one who we'll get on to later because Matt you have a particular interest there oh, um, yes. but Cam Norrie on the men's side he came through in straight sets did very well there uh, Andy Murray as we record has actually just lost the first set oh but- no Fingers crossed they'll come through that. Yeah. Um, but the match of the day was this extraordinary match on court three. Alessandro Davidic Fokina uh, was two sets to love up, five three up, 40 love up on his serve, three match points, thinking this is over. He tries a through the legs volley. Wow. That's my move as well, actually. Yeah, your sig- <laughs> the Molly King signature move doesn't come off. He loses the point, no, loses no. the next four, and is broken. He's broken, oh. and then the rain comes down. Her catch comes back out, wins the next few games, no. pinches the set, wins the fourth set, oh. then serves for the match himself, but gets broken, and Davidic Fakina wins it on a fifth set tiebreak. Oh, oh my well. gosh, that sounds like a movie script, it doesn't re- it? Yeah, I think it was the most frazzling thing. I don't know how these players do it. If I'd not served out a match trying 
uh, that sort of shot, I would just be like, right, I'm done. I'm obviously not winning this match. Was it yeah. a necessary shot or was it a, a slightly, uh, you know, like showy-offy shot? It was more of the necessary. It wasn't like a, I'm going to try a sort of showboaty thing because I want to win the match with a through-the-legs shot. But even so, you're going to be thinking, what have I done? Yeah, could yeah. I have done anything differently there? Exactly. But that, so that was extraordinary. And then Carlos Alcaraz won in five sets as well. This young, exciting Spaniard who people are thinking could be the next big thing in tennis. Very nearly went out, two sets to one down, came back and won it in five. Again, with an extraordinary shot, I would suggest, I think Wimbledon have linked to this, a kind of on-the-run, flicked backhand. Absolutely fantastic. But yeah, so those were the two most exciting matches of the day, I think. What brilliant stories already, and it's only day one. And there was a good start for one of the favourites in the women's draw, right? Yes, Ons Jabeur came through in straight sets. She kicked things off on the number one court, uh, 1-6, 1-6-3 against Miriam Bjorkman. Uh, yeah, she's definitely one to watch there. I think, you know, some people are tipping her to semis, final, could even win it. Very, very talented, exciting player to watch. So, yeah, solid, good start for her. Good. Well, Charlie, what we really want to know about here is how are our sweepstake picks getting oh, on? Yes. Because I've been worrying yes. about them. Yeah, okay. so you'll know that in the last episode, Mon and I selected two players each, one in the men's draw, one in the women's draw. We poured over recent results. We chatted to coaches about form. I did lots of research on the internet. Yes, you did. And then we stuck a pen through a piece of paper. Yeah, and you know what? I was lucky, and it was... You can back me up on this, guys. Genuinely at random, I got Emma Raducanu. <laughs> Which is good. So, Charlie, you did. please say there's good news from today because she was playing on centre court. You guys were there. You watched. Yes. We did. And this is why, for those eagerly awaiting the result, this is why I've left it till now. And I can reveal she came through. She won. 6-4, yes. 6-4. Four, yes. four. Yes. Still well in the done, game. Emma. What an athlete she is. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Yeah. A really good win today, actually, because tough opponent won some matches on grass, experienced, and she played well. But Raducanu just dug deep and she had to tough it out. Wasn't easy and, and ground out two close sets, 6-4, 6-4. So really pleased for Emma. And talk to me, Charlie. I'm on the edge of my seat. How's Tommy Paul getting on? The other big question on everyone's lips today. Yes, come on. Give it's it good to news. me. Is it? It's really good news, yeah. He won in straight sets. <gasps> comprehensively as well. The third set was close. The made first two. Made it look two, easy then. He made it look easy and everyone's saying, this guy, keep an eye on this guy. Oh, They're not. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> it's the Molly King touch. Everything she touches turns to gold. She's, orda- she's ordained Tommy Paul as a Wimbledon winner. It's going to happen You now. know what? Genuinely, I did hear his name mentioned in a kind of conversation about kind of dangerous outsiders. And it wasn't with you. Because <laughs> yeah. Mole's ha- Mole handing out flyers. He needs to know. He needs to know how much is at stake. It could yeah. really, mo- it could be the making of him. Could be the making of both of us. It could be. Well, you were there, weren't you? When I say Tommy, you, you say, say Paul. Paul. Tommy, Paul. 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 Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> I really think that it helped him win that match. <laughs> I don't want to put it all down to that map, but yes. And our other picks are playing tomorrow, is that right? They are, oh. yeah. So all eyes will be on them. Imagine if one of our guys or girls goes all the way to the end. I thought that. Imagine if the final is Halep versus Raducanu. Oh, my goodness me. That would be incredible. That oh could happen. It could God. be the thing that finally <gasps> breaks us apart, Mom. We're on different, <laughs> different camps. <laughs> Neither can live while the other survives. Oh, that's Harry Potter and Voldemort. I, I do get them confused. <laughs> Charlie, I've got a question for you mm. because I was sat 
watching you watch the game, which mm. sounds weird, but it was happening. Sure. You're in there amongst all the other journalists. You're literally having to write what is going on. At any point, are you like me back in school saying to somebody else, well, what are you writing about? Because there's a lot <laughs> going on in there. Copying someone's homework. <laughs> yeah. What can, have you got? There can be bits of that. Yeah, you see people slyly, slyly looking. But I was saying it's quite exposing. You're aware that people can see you higher up looking totally. at your screen. And we are looking at your screen. Exactly, clearly. Yeah. So you can't be procrastinating and, you know, just looking up some random stuff. You have yeah. to be, you know, working hard or at least pretending to work hard. Yeah, does it feel quite intense doing that? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of getting the key notes and, you know, it depends what you're doing. I mean, like, if you're filing as soon as the match finishes, it's incredibly stressful and you can barely pause for breath. Luckily, yeah. today I was more just kind of taking notes and making sure I had the key things in my head. Okay. Well, I was watching you watching, watching Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> at one How point, I you got your laptop out and made some notes about Charlie's performance. Yeah. I look forward to reading those at some point. Slow typing. They'll come out tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're doing your own sweepstakes at home, or maybe you're, you know, making decisions about who you're backing as a player rather than letting the pen decide, uh, you can let us know. We are at Wimbledon on social media. Yes, that's actually also the place where you can share your memories of Centre Court. So send them our way. We would love to hear from you as the greatest stage in tennis turns 100. We've been looking through some of the messages, haven't we, Mark? We've got one here, actually. Uh, Piglet, great name, not sure if it's the Piglet, says Andy <laughs> Murray winning his first title. Charlie, 2013. That was a great memory. Were you there for that match? I wasn't. I was there working for his second title in 2016. I watched the 2013 final at home and it was one of the most nerve-shredding experiences of my life. I, by the end of the match, I was just stood up. I couldn't sit down. And I said, if he doesn't hold serve here to win it, I'm, I'm leaving the house. I've just got to go for a walk because I can't watch any more of it. Yeah. And honestly, if you want to put yourself... <laughs> don't know why you would do this but watching the last game which I do from time to time is still excruciating I still just can't believe he's actually going to do it well Gillian actually agrees with that she sent in saying Andy's first title and that she still cries every time she sees it it was so emotional though wasn't it yeah I had the same thing that you had that I can relate to feeling like you need to leave the room that it's too tense and you almost end up thinking like oh well I was out making a tea a minute ago and he did well totally. maybe so good, I yeah. should be out making totally. a tea yeah. I used to do things like oh well I sat on this portion of the sofa when he won that break point I need to stay here yes. and then, yeah. then you yeah. move and it yeah, I mean, tennis is a very superstitious sport. Now, Scott says his favourite centre court memory was when somebody shouted out to Steffi Graf, will you marry me? And she replied, how much money do you have? Fantastic. That was a great quick response. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there have been a few of those sort of uh, good crowd interactions <laughs> yeah. after some good hecklings. But yeah, that was a zinger from Graf. You've so got good. to really have some confidence to heckle at <laughs> yeah. a centre court match, haven't you? My yeah. goodness me. <laughs> Terrifying, the replies. And Avia's tweeted us, it's in capital letters, so I assume she's screaming, and rightly so, Serena gave me her wristband! <gasps> Unbelievable. Doesn't say when, but that is pretty cool, isn't it? You'd never want to take it off, would you? No, and you wouldn't want to wash it. I mean, part of you would want to wash it, because mm. it's covered in someone else's sweat, but it's but covered specifically... In Serena's sweat. Yeah, and that's I, fine, I think. Yeah, I, I always feel so. an anxiety when the players do that. They launch their wristbands, whatever. I just thought, what if it, like, limply didn't quite make the seat? Yeah. How <laughs> embarrassing that would look. And, like, what do you do? Do you then sort of just go and pick it up and hand it to them? Yeah. So, well done, Serena, for not having to suffer that well, embarrassment. A lot of people would obviously love that as a souvenir. But, Mol, I feel like 
you wouldn't like anyone's sweatbands, no matter the sporting icon. Well, I would take it, actually. Would you? I would love it. You won't even yeah. share a bag of crisps with me. Because <laughs> my hand's more about been you, in there. Less of the gr- <laughs> so if I was playing tennis, if I got to the Wimbledon final, <laughs> and I was sweating buckets, and I would be, oh, and slight. I flung, I yeah. looked in the crowd, and I saw you there cheering me on, as you would, and I flung my, I pinged a <laughs> sweatband towards you. And it whistled through the sky. <laughs> and landed on my lap. It landed on your lap. Would you treasure that? <laughs> if you played like Serena Williams, yeah. I'd keep it. Yes. Right, okay. But seeing as you're just slightly behind her, I might flick it to the person next Fair to me. Enough. Well, they'll be very grateful, I'm sure. <laughs> keep these coming in, by the way. We are loving these. At Wimbledon on social media. Send through your favourite centre court moments. Or you can use the hashtag centre court 100. Charlie, as ever, thank you so much. I feel like we're in the thick of it now. And I can't wait to catch up with you next time on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you. So that is all we've got time for on this episode of Wimbledon Between the Lines in partnership with Evian. We hope you like what you've heard. And if you do, please tell your friends about us, any tennis fans in your life as well. And give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also don't forget to leave us a rating and a review on your platform of choice. Why not? Yes, only five stars though, right Matt? Yeah, please. (laughs) We will be back with another episode on Friday when we're going to be joined by another celebrity guest who shares our love of Wimbledon. Plus we will have loads more great chat about the champion on and off the court. Here's how to get in touch. Find us on social media at Wimbledon and at Evian Water or just use the hashtag Wimbledon. That's it for this episode. Game, set, Molly and Matt. Oh, he's gone there. He's gone there. Each year, Evian give away 30 Wimbledon tickets to support a chosen community group in the UK. For 2023, they've selected the Young Urban Arts Foundation who strengthen well-being and build opportunities for disadvantaged youth in London through creativity and culture. The Evian team look forward to welcoming members of the Young Urban Arts Foundation to Wimbledon next year.